Hi and welcome to Allies of Convenience, the international competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast and today we are living up to our name. It is another mini-sode for you. We've got loads of content lined up over the holidays. I'm going to be releasing it regularly for you. So, you know, if you've got a drive to see family or friends, or even if you want to pretend to be listening to people after Christmas dinner and you're sitting in the front room with the earpods in, you can do that as well. We're here for you. Uh, but as I said, we are living up to our name as the International Competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast. And we are heading over to Finland this time, uh, a place that we've never covered before. But it's great to be hearing from uh, the guys over there. Of course, if you you are involved in ETC, you'll definitely know the Finnish guys. They definitely like a drink. Uh, we've got coverage from Triad 3, uh, which was an event held at the end of November, 25th and 26th, at the Warhead Fight Club there in Finland. Uh, and uh, we are going to hand it over to our very own Matt Robertson. So here you are. Hi, guys. Matt here for another little mini episode this week we're going to be touching on an Eldar Primer list and an event from Finland and I'm joined by Yunus Neva Hello Thanks for joining us Yunus So from what you've sent me from this event you had a bit of comp, was that right? Yeah, there was some comp Uh, Basically you couldn't copy any unit more than Twice, twice, and uh, no character or flyer more than twice, and uh, you had maximum of three detachments, uh, which all needed to be different ones, and you only could have one named character in your army. I think that's it, basically. Two thousand points, six rounds. Uh, 16 players who had been uh, previously selected from like winners of previous tournaments. So this was like a Finnish Masters in a way? Uh, kind of, kind of. Oh, sweet. We call it Triad, but it's, it's basically best of the best playing against each other. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. And am I right in saying this? some of these games were streamed as well, were they? Yeah, uh, every round... Uh, they picked one uh, or like one game to be streamed. It was usually like different armies, and in the last day, so with the top eight, it was always I think the top table well, at that point. Are these streams still available if anyone wants to catch up and watch them? Um, I believe they are. I have to check where and uh, like give you a link. Yeah. We'll find a link and we'll try and put it in the show notes. So, just having a quick glance down the army lists, there's a few names I recognise from the ETC and a lot of your ETC guys. But then you've yeah. got quite a lot of Eldar, a bit of Guard, some Nids, some more Guard, some more Guard, some more Eldar, a little bit of Chaos. Was it quite varied? Did you find within the armies? I've not looked at them in too much detail. Or was it was it a lot of the same kind of thing? Um, most of the elder armies were quite similar, uh, and the Astra armies also. Well, there was like two Astra armies with the shadow 
what's it called? Sado Lord? Sado oh, sh- Sword? Oh, Sado Sword. Sword. Yeah. Yeah. And one Astra that had a, a Grey Knight allies. Cool. That's like hitting units. We'll put a copy of all these lists up uh, with the podcast just for anyone who wants to have a look as well. With a lovely picture of Eunice and his bird. So you were playing Eldar, am I right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, Unari. Ah, Unari. Was yeah. this just before the FAQ came out, or was this after the FAQ came out? Um, this was uh, just after the FAQ came out, and we actually voted to use the FAQ. Ah, okay. So, so, so we basically had already sent our lists, and then we got the nerf. Did you get a chance to change it at all? Or uh, no, 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 we didn't. But I think most, even the Unary players, voted that it should be nerfed because it was seen too strong. Yeah, that's cool. So just running down your list quickly, you've got a couple of Warlocks, three Inch of Rangers, three Wave Serpents, a unit of Shining Spears, three Inch of Dark Reapers, or sorry, two Inch of Shining Spears, and yeah. some of the characters. Uh, I'm guessing that changed quite a lot now then? Uh, well, it depends. With the same kind of comp, I would still play play basically the same lists. But um, without that kind of comp we had, I would play something really different, probably. Okay. So anything with a little bit of comp on units, which I think we've seen at quite a few events. Uh, I think uh, my list didn't uh, or wasn't that affected by the comp that came in because I had already like calculated what all my units going to do and they still got to do it. I basically only missed some random smites that come from units dying. Ah, okay. So do you want to talk us through the event briefly, how it went and what the kind of like terrain and playstyle is over there in Finland and then we'll move on to your list a little bit more detail yeah so you want to hear about all the games uh, the, just kind of the general scene over there cause... yeah well uh, we have a with, uh, at least we try to have a lot more terrain than uh, there are at, at least in ETC so we usually have like at least two big blocks of terrain in the midfield and then some ruins and forests around the table. Um, the first day there were 16 players and only top eight would qualify for the second day. So you basically needed to have at least 30 points or more to be sure to qualify. So you basically needed two wins or like all draws with one small win or something. Uh, the so first, it wasn't knockout then. No, th- not the first day. Oh. The first day was just getting in the top half, so and the just, second day was knockouting. Ah, so it was three games, Swiss day one to sort yeah. top eight for day two. Okay, that's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, my first game was against Empu, who is also an ETC player. He played uh, with Nitz with two big units of um, gene stealers and uh, uh, what's it called? The big guy with uh, the swords. Yeah, Swarmlord. 
So I basically feared the gene stealers coming like crossing 50 inches in turn on my lines and uh, made all the plays to uh, stop that and actually managed to do that quite well. But at the same time, he managed to charge his guns into my uh, rangers and locked them in combat and was also almost able to like dispatch from then in the next turn and tie up my reapers. Was but there a particular trick you used to stop the uh, gene stealers getting into you? Yeah, basically building this kind of uh, fortification out of your wave serpents that uh, only thing he can uh, assault is the wave serpent and then uh, I all always have like uh, this uh, safe zone behind them where I can disembark in safety. Oh, so you make like a, a horseshoe kind of wall with the yeah. of, with a gap in the yeah. middle to get the guys out if you need to. Yeah, basically. Uh, and well, I actually managed to wipe out the tempo in the fifth turn with my uh, what was his last uh, last close combat attack from the wave serpent, healing the last wound? So you rely on wave serpents in combat. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Oh, that's um, cool. So did yeah. you played Nids later on in the event as well, didn't you? Yeah, the, in the final round against Yoni, it was another Nid game, and Yoni and Empu had like worked the, their lists together. So they were uh, really similar in effect, but uh, against Yoni I got really, really favorable uh, deployment and I got uh, table side with more um, objective markers. So I was basically winning the whole game and I was just trying not to make any stupid mistakes. But do you find, because uh, obviously everyone knows Reapers are good, but people yeah. are quite worried about the Tyranids and the speed they can get into the Reapers and cause them a threat. Have you found yeah. that you've not been too fussed by Tyranids then with your Eldar? Um, I think it's because I don't... My army lists don't trust that much on Reapers. The Reapers are good against other Eldar lists, but uh, in other matchups I tend to trust on other units much more than on the Reapers. I only have had uh, 16 of them, or not even that much, 14 of them in the tournament. So then, you find your two big squads of Shining Spears are doing more of the work then? Yeah, Shining Spears are like a lot more durable, uh, faster, able to hit uh, as well, but also quite shooty. Of course, only to the really, really close range, but uh, with speed from the uh, soul burst action and the quickening or quicken, they are really quite fast. Yeah, there's quite a lot of shots up close, which is nice. Um, yeah. Just to go back a little bit, the missions were these etc style missions for this event. Uh, yes, yeah, each round had both a uh, Maelstrom mission and an Eternal War mission. I think we played uh, kill points uh, once in a first day and once in a second day. We played uh, bases, uh, what's it called? Uh, secure and control? 
yeah, secure and control once in the first day and once in the second day. And then we had some mission with uh, multiple objectives both days. Uh, I think it might have been different one each day, like scouring in the first day and a big game hunter maybe in the second day or something like that. Do you tend to have ETC-style uh, missions and things a lot over in Finland, or does it mix it up quite a bit? Um, yeah, it's. I think it's more common in Finland than it's in outside Finland to have ETC-style missions. Uh, and we never use, uh, or we, not never, but we often don't use the Forge World units, so it's more ETC-style in that way too. Ah, so quite similar to a lot of the UK events as well, then. Probably, probably. So, do you find, like, looking at the lists here, um, like you said, there's a few Tyranids, a few Eldar. Does that kind of represent the overall meta events that you're seeing? Um, I think it does, uh... Of course, uh, it was the most competitive tournament of the year, so some people that usually play software lists did take the stronger one into that one, which they usually don't, but I think it pre- presents quite well the situation in-game, and that which lists are good and which are not. Yeah, so you think cause with it being a Masters-style event, you reckon a lot of the guys are taking something a little bit stronger because they know they're going to play stronger yeah. lists so, yeah exactly I guess you know if you're going into an event with just 16 people you're going to have to play Eldar you're going to have to play Reapers you're going to have to play Guard you can't yeah. get around it and possibly avoid them so which is quite an interesting concept and I know we don't really have the Masters over here in the UK anymore, but we have it in uh, Edge of Sigmar. And you see people trying to come up with, you know, that one person's going to be there. And if you want to win the event, you've got to be able to beat that one person. And if you yeah. know what they're bringing, you can go, right, that's what I need to beat. Yeah, and I think our community is that small that you basically, after you see which people did qualify for the finals, you can basically tell that which armies they are taking or there might be like two or three people which might take like or might choose from one or two armies but you basically knew which armies would be in play when you qualified uh, that's quite interesting a lot of people have set armies and um, you were saying there the scene's quite small uh, how many people do you normally get at events like your uh, average events I think it's like from 20 to 30 people in user ah. elements and big ones are something close to 50 maybe ah so they are relatively small and so this isn't yeah. that much smaller than your average event it's just the cream of the crop do you find then if you're only getting a tournament scene of around 50 gamers that your top 16 I'm guessing you all know each other very well everyone that was at the event yeah, actually, I think I don't remember the time that tournament was won by somebody who wasn't in the ETC team or was trying to apply to the ETC team. Like, usually it's it's won by somebody who is, like, in the ETC group. 
Yeah, because I've had the, I'm not sure if it's fortune or misfortune based on some of the videos you send me, uh, of knowing quite a few of you guys in the UTC lot. It tends to be the same core five or so most years, with a, a few players yeah. swapping in and out. Yeah, it's a little something like that. Somebody has something in real life that they can't come, and then we have to take a new one, or just somebody focuses on something else in their life, and then a new guy comes in. But it's usually the same four to six guys every year. Yeah, do you guys pick your ETC team then based on like a rankings, or is it more of a who does well at events like this? Or um, I think we have quite good system of picking team um, uh, after ETC the final job of the last captain is to set up an election for the new captain and everybody who is interested in playing ETC gets a vote and then we basically vote for the captain and captain gets a spot on the team and after that captain can do whatever he wants to pick the team Okay. so, so, so basically if you are a douche as a captain you won't be picked again so you you still have like this responsibility to do. So, so do each captain, when they put their name forward to be captain, do they say, I want to be captain, I'm going to pick the team like this, or like this, or like this? Yeah, usually it's in there like uh, getting to the captain pitch or like, you know, vote speech, what's it called? Yeah, like the manifesto kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Ah, so, so that's quite interesting. So you guys could have a different way of doing it every year. Basically, we could. But it's usually... Somebody did it well in some year, and after that, everybody just, like, copies him. <laughs> so, yes. But I guess if you've not got that big a scene, you'll all know each other anyway, and you'll all be talking pretty regularly, I guess. So yeah. We actually have this uh, Tuesday evening in our gaming club that we all tend to go, and... Uh, most of us are there every Tuesday, so we we meet once a week as a team. Oh, that's pretty. I get that that's great for practice and bouncing ideas, having a weekly practice yeah. day. And well, when it comes to it, I know not every week we'll be talking about it, but it's handy to have that there for when you need it. Yeah, and of course online a lot, like WhatsApp. It's usually hundred messages a night. Yeah, because you played for the uh, Welsh team last year as well, didn't you? So you're now in our WhatsApp, which is quite fun. Yeah, and we both. Yeah, so we get to share all the ideas from both. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> nah, so that's pretty funny. I know we had um, the Finnish team. I'm trying to think the best way to describe you guys and uh, from ETCs and videos and pictures... I guess the best way to I describe your team would be naked. I I don't think that's wrong. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Naked, it is. drunk, what are they? In a bath. Cheerful. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a very uh, social community. <laughs> I think that's probably one way of putting it. Yeah, we try to be. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, let's not go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> so we've covered the ETC and how you guys do that. And you guys are always doing reasonable at that. You seem to, like you say, if you've got quite a small scene, you're always 
competing, normally top 10, I'd say. Yeah, I think like rank 9 or 10 is our usual place to be. Yeah, but you're always up there and then kind of get yeah. off the last few games and goes one way or the other. Yeah, usually every year we get to play at least like one team from the top three. So we, we go to bounce from something like Germany or Poland at one <laughs> round. So with you guys being so close to the other Nordic countries, do you travel a lot in between countries for events there? Or is it kind of, is it kind of a communal scene between the countries like we've got in the UK? Uh, not that much as you have, but since you have only like few hours of drive, yeah. we have to fly or take a boat, which takes like a day to get to Sweden, and of course a lot lot longer for Norway or Denmark. Um, I I myself try to keep in touch with uh, at least the Hasselbergs and Joachim, but um, no, not that much. Last time I was playing in Sweden was. Uh, Around a year ago, in Umeå, fanatic. Okay, so you are quite an isolated scene. Because I know you guys have travelled to the UK a couple of times as well, if I'm right in thinking. Yeah. Do you find that the events vary quite a lot between the countries, or would the kind of event feel the same, but slightly different play style or anything? Uh, it, I think it was quite the same. There was just like, uh, well, a lot more players... And I think your housing isn't as good as in Finland because I was actually cold in the England, which I don't use in <laughs> Finland. <laughs> yeah, because I think was that the Element Games Center. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and they've done a lot of work on that recently, and they've actually got heaters and carpets, and everything. So it has improved a lot since you nice. guys last came over. Nice, nice. I think next time I will come over when it's like summer time or at least like later spring. Yeah, that'd be it'd be good to see you guys over here again because it's always a good laugh and you guys know how to party. <laughs> <laughs> we try try our best. Yeah. Would you say a lot of um, events in Finland kind of follow that motto as well? Because I know you were telling me about you had an event last weekend where you were just practicing playing drunk. Yeah, but that that was like a ETC practice masks as a tournament, so everybody would come. Right. And uh, well, the tournament started like uh, Saturday morning, something like uh, ten o'clock. But of course, we got to one of the players' place Friday night and got hammered. Uh, went to the bar and. Uh, Came back home like uh, 5 a.m. Had like four hours of sleep and take taxi to the tournament place. Since just well, you couldn't stop drinking because you would get too bad hangover, so you just keep drinking and uh, then the same thing again on the Saturday night. And in a final game Sunday, well. You tend to be a bit tired at that point. Is that the same for all events then? Does the majority uh, of people enjoy it's drink? The, uh, yeah, majority of the people do, and especially the ETC team. 
not not everybody, of course. Yeah. And I think in the triad, the competitive tournament, I actually myself went to home from the bar like one o'clock. So. Uh, so you know when I, to take it seriously then. I try to. I try to. Uh, so that's great. That's a great little insight into the Finnish scene and how you guys do things. Uh, are there any other bits or pieces you think are worth knowing about the scene over there and any events or any events worth making the trip over for? Um, uh, we have a twice a year a bigger tournament uh, in Turku, which is like the south coast of Finland. Um it's like 50 people and one of the most competitive ones. Then we have one bigger tournament in the, like one or two weeks before ETC in summer in Helsinki, which is actually also uh, inside this big, big um, uh, Ropecon kind of... Uh, like a convention. Well, yeah, convention, yeah. There's like thousands of people in cosplay and playing uh, cards and board games and uh, dress-ups and uh, whatever. And we have our, our small corner in which we play 40k. But it's it's actually quite nice. Now, that sounds pretty like pretty fun. So Yeah. That's probably the standout event for everyone thinking of coming across for an event then. Yeah, probably. Now, that sounds pretty cool. Well, thanks very much for coming on and giving us some of your time. And I'm sure we'll speak to you again very soon on the podcast because I know you tend to do a lot of gaming and have a lot of fun ideas that we chat about. Yeah. Uh, I would love to share them sometime. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, more than welcome. Thank you very much uh, to Matt and, of course, Eunice for that coverage there, uh, talking about Eldar uh, and, of course, the... Uh, event there that happened in Finland. We are really excited to be covering uh, international stuff. So if you've got any events uh, that you would like to talk to us about that are sort of that on the elite level, competitive level, uh, aiming to get to the ETC or uh, part of the ITC, then let us know. Get in touch. Hit us up on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash AOC podcast. Or you can find us on Twitter now, uh, which is uh, forward slash allies podcast. Uh, as we mentioned in that episode, the uh, the archive of the Twitch of that final, uh, we're going to post the link for that uh, in the description of the podcast. So check that out and you can watch that back. It is in Finnish, but you can see what's going on. I'm sure you know what's going on. That's it from us. We'll be back real soon with more content. Uh, we've got some great stuff from Heat 2 to come as well uh, and uh, just some other bits and pieces as we work through the holidays. We'll be back early January 2018 uh, going back through the Codex reviews as well. Now we've backed up with a couple of those. Um, so I hope you all get what you want um, and we'll be back with more content hopefully before Christmas, possibly after. Either way, have a happy holidays if it's not before. Take care.